I want to start off with a short clip for our podcast listeners. You're going to hear the voice of Garland Favorito of Voter GA talking about just one bit of data and information that they have and a very obvious conclusion that must be drawn when looking at said data. So when you look at the data and you actually analyze it for what's there, guess what? It shows four outliers and two of those outliers do indicate that there's enough data that would have overturned the election. Welcome to BCP Unfiltered. We appreciate you being here, whether you're joining us on Patreon and you get there by going to bcpextras.com or if you're joining us on Locals, therealbcp.com or over on Spotify, bcppodcast.com. If you heard the introduction, that was Voter GA showing some outliers in certain counties where they rigged the election enough that they could flip it back to Trump. We'll get more into that later in the episode, but the biggest takeaway here is that, in fact, because this is a BCP unfiltered show, we can say clearly the truth that Joe Biden is an illegitimate president. He did not win the 2020 elections, and we are going through hell because we have a fake administration, and we can blame the Supreme Court, we can blame the rhinos, we can blame ourselves for getting to this point, but the problem is this. We are dealing with an illegitimate president, Joseph Robinette Biden, in the White House because of a rigged election in 2020. We'll get into that in just a moment, but let's start off with a little bit of levity slash a reminder that not only is Joe Biden a fake president, he is questionably a racist. Are you going to apologize? Cory Booker apologize for what? Cory Booker's called for it. Cory should apologize. He knows better. There's not a racist bone in my body. I've been involved in civil rights my whole career. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. I'm not joking. And by the way, you know, I sit on the stand and it get hot. I got a lot of, I got hairy legs that turn, that, 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 that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. They'd look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. Even call centers, even call centers, which rushed overseas in the hundreds of thousands. How many times you get the call? I'd like to talk to you about your credit card. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. They're going to put you all back in chains. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, 
and you ain't black. Joe Biden is under fire this evening on comments he made about working alongside segregationist senators in the past. Biden recalling his early Senate career, bringing up two segregationist senators, Herman Talmadge and James Eastland, who called African Americans an inferior race. I was in a caucus with James O. Eastland, Biden said. He never called me boy, he always called me son. At least there was some civility. We got things done. We didn't agree on much of anything. We got things done. I think the two-party system, although my Democratic colleagues don't like me saying this, I think the two-party system is good for the South and good for the Negro, good for the black in the South. Um, and uh, uh, other than the fact that they still call me boy, I don't think they've, I think they've changed their mind. Choosing Joe to be my vice president was one of the best decisions I ever made. Not the first sort of mainstream African-American yeah. who is articulate and bright and, and, and clean and nice-looking guy. I mean, it's, that's a storybook, man. My son is attorney general a year in Iraq, came back, and that's one of the things that he finds is was most in need when he was over there in Iraq for a year. People would come to him and talk about what was happening at home in terms of foreclosures, in terms of bad loans that were being, I mean, these Shylocks who took advantage of, uh, of these women and men. Back from Mumbai to go meet with President Xi in China. I stopped in Singapore to meet with a guy named Lee Kuan Yew, who most foreign policy experts around the world say is the most, the wisest man in the Orient. There's not a racist bone in my body. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. I guess I ain't black. All right, folks. Want to start off with that. And want to show you this. Yesterday, YouTube forced me to delete and take down my video in which I showed thanks to a great report by Real Clear Investigations, the team over at Real uh, Clear Politics, that there's about 80, 82,000 children missing. The official numbers don't match up and there appears to be children absolutely lost in the system. And I just presented the information and said, wow, it sure looks like the U.S. government using non-government organizations and third-party, not-vetted institutions is smuggling and trafficking children in the United States. A very demonic and evil practice. And I had to take the video down because I started having problems with YouTube over that video. By the way, if you want to watch it, there's gonna a link down below. There's also a link in the previous episode in the notes I put it up on Locals. I put it on Locals because it was easier to host it there than the hosting solution uh, I have here for Patreon. But there's a link down there if you want to see it. These people are demonic. I want to show you this clip that went viral, somewhat viral on social media. For those of you listening to this on our podcast, I'm going to edit it so you can hear, you can hear the audio clearly and you'll be able to, even though you can't see it, you can hear what craziness is going on here. And it is of a human smuggler being arrested by Border Patrol. Tell me if you don't think this woman is either one, crazy, two, acting like she's crazy, or three, perhaps demonically possessed or having some sort of evil spirit. Because what kind of person smuggles 
human beings like cattle and cattle and property. As someone who doesn't care about fellow human beings. This is absolute pure evil. I'll let you be the judge what sort of evil is influencing this lady. Okay. Put your feet in. Ma'am, put your feet in so we can close the doors. I'm going to close the door. You stay right there before we move. Hey, 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 calm down. hey calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Back up. Back up. Back up. Hold on. Hey, get your foot back in there. Get your foot back in there. Get your foot back in there. Ma'am. Ma'am, we're going to have to tase you. You're not going to like that. I don't understand what you're telling me. Is she crazy? Is she putting on an act? Or is she demonstrating outward her inward demons and evil? Put your thoughts down below. Now, yesterday on YouTube, I played... I, I was going to play a clip of Steve Cortez, former advisor, campaign advisor to President Trump. But he said something in that clip, so I couldn't play it on YouTube. I had to explain what he was talking about. Now, I'm not going to rehash what he was talking about, but I do want to show you the clip. This is Steve Cortez on Steve Bannon, and you'll, be, you'll, be, you'll clearly be able to see why I couldn't show this. But once again, it's because you can't show the truth about this topic the supply chain you've had the supply chain issue we've told you forever this is the problem with having all the chips made in taiwan not having plants here in the united states not having those plants down in arizona steve cortez this ties together the mandate fiasco to the economy and to inflation steve cortez listen the, the biden explosion is created it's not a, a factor of the business cycle it's not just bad luck in other words like i've been saying steve cortez is saying the same thing it's not bad luck it's not bad policy it's by design they're trying to destroy america this is all part of a plot a plan a conspiracy to a scheme to bring down america and specifically what steve cortez is talking about is to make the working and middle class go away and become poor. But that wasn't the point of why I wanted to show this. This next part is. It is created, and, and he did it in three ways. And one you're just mentioning is the mandates, these, these onerous and unscientific mandates uh, that it was a, as a prerequisite to your job, you had to get an injection that you may not want and that you may not need. That created massive problems in logistics, uh, particularly for truckers. A lot of truckers are very independent-minded people, didn't want to get it. So that's the first issue. The second was he immediately, when he took office, illegitimately so, he declared war on American energy. As you can see, Steve Cortez said, when he came into office, illegitimately so. That is why I couldn't play that on YouTube, but on a show like Steve Bannon, everywhere else, you can talk the truth. Once again, we appreciate you folks making this show, BCP Unfiltered, possible through your subscription. Another person, and I really like how she put it, who talked about the illegitimacy of Joe Biden as president, was gubernatorial candidate and Trump-endorsed candidate for governor of Arizona, Carrie Lake. But unlike Steve Cortez, who said this on America's War Room with Steve Bannon, she said this on what I would now consider mainstream or pretty close to mainstream news. And that's what Greg Kelly over at Newsmax, which of course is covered, uh, which is on cable and other outlets and what have you. 
and she put it in a a more humorous way if you will check this out they want to try to make any trump republican and of course i'm the trump endorsed candidate the leading candidate in arizona and they're afraid of me they want to make us look like we're conspiracy theorists and the fact of the matter is cnn nbc abc cbs and the mainstream media are the conspiracy theorists and we've seen that proven time and time again for years and especially during COVID. everything they said was true has proved to be wrong everything the so-called conspiracy theorists have said has proved to be true so we're tired of the mainstream media they're done and they've been lying to the american people and everybody's on to it you know uh i've seen that question posed to a lot of republicans and it always throws them they're like, uh, 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 and they panic a little bit. You totally nailed it. Uh, it's interesting. Well, I, I didn't give them my normal response because she didn't, she kind of bungled the question. My normal response is Joe Biden is the president just like OJ is innocent. When you have a corrupt system, you don't get a true honest result. I like that. Joe Biden is a president like OJ Simpson is innocent. It was all rigged. All right, speaking of the rigged election, want to show this uh, to you. This is Voter GA, Mr. Favorito, and crew absolutely debunking the lies about how Georgia was not rigged. Going through false statements made by the press, uh, by government officials, by uh, the deep state treasonous traitorous Rat Bastard Burger, uh, Brad uh, Raffensperger the Secretary of State of Georgia. And uh, let's start off with this one, this part about the false statements on absentee ballots. There's no other rational explanation for these ballots that Susie Voles and Barbara Hartman found other than the fact that they are counterfeit ballots and they're still there in the count and the Secretary of State is blocking us from seeing it along with the Attorney General Chris Carr. One of the first things I did as Secretary of State was to ensure that ballot harvesting was illegal in Georgia. Yeah, right about that. Secretary of State implemented. I, I know it's, it's, uh, this is. I know it's. I know it's irritating some of you in the room uh, to listen to this, but this is true stuff. He he, he gave this literally to the Congress. Uh, Brad Ravensburger implemented outdoor drop boxes. We didn't have a ballot harvesting problem in Georgia before 2020. Uh, that outdoor drop box scheme created the problem that exists. There were so many problems. We told them, do not do this. If you're going to do it, put it in the, uh, uh, let the post office take, the, take them. Um, and, you know, they already got cameras. They've got somebody who can check an ID, just like they do for a financial transaction. You can even give them a little bit of money. They'll, they'll do better. So uh, they, they came up with this scheme, and then they failed to ensure that the chain of custody forms were completed for them. On top of that, the video surveillance has been an absolute joke, as David Hancock has pointed out. Gwinnett wanted 15000 bucks for a video. Then, they, then later on, they took months and months to, uh, to you know, several counties took months again, uh, to get the videos, and then they've been destroyed. Uh, the chain of custody, nobody, he did, there was no even requirement to know how many ballots were entered in drop boxes statewide. Nobody knows. Nobody knows because only a couple of counties kept those, those records. So in reality, he facilitated ballot harvesting in Georgia, and that was the problem with the 2020 election. Brad Raffensperger didn't do anything to help Georgia, 
As a matter of fact, he is what made the ballot harvesting possible. And of course, the lies continue about there being no basis, no proof of ballot harvesting or, and, and other nonsense like that, which of course was also addressed by the voter GA crew. No specific allegations of ballot harvesting have been brought forward. Uh, I beg your pardon. Uh, in addition to the true vote complaint that had of 242 ballot harvesters, which he is now investigating, uh, which appears to be very credible, I'm going to run this little video for you. And you're going to see a ballot harvester. You may have already seen this. We have put this out. But um, here he is coming up to the screen. He's taking a picture of after he's fanned out all the ballots, pictures so he can get paid, which uh, according to the um, True the Vote was 10, 10 bucks a ballot, is what the whistleblower said they were getting paid. And there he is stuffing them into the ballot box. The drop box is big enough to hold a library book, as David Hancock pointed out in the last, um, in the last uh, session, the last time we were here. Here's another one. Here's a ballot harvester counting his ballots and, and, uh, and dropping them in. So no evidence. Um, I think that's one of the, maybe that might, that might be the biggest Pinocchio that we've had so far. We've covered these instances and these videos of ballot harvesting and reports and the whistleblower on this program. But a reminder, a whistleblower came out and said they were paid $10 per ballot that they harvested and put in the drop boxes. They had to show pictures of it and text it to someone uh, and email that picture for them to get paid. I think this person in question made like $80,000 worth of ballot harvesting. There's 240 odd or 220 odd people. And if you add that together, it shows that Georgie Porgy and Mark Zuckerberg money and all of these elitists behind this we're paying quite a bit of money for ballot harvesting, which is illegal in Georgia and should have been thrown out. But they didn't, except for a few counties, didn't keep track of which of those votes came or even how many of those votes came from these drop boxes. So really, this is a rigged election. And the right thing would be to do is, I mean, really, the right thing would be to do is to just do a, 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 re, a, a, a new election that isn't rigged because we know that President Trump won. But we can't even prove it. We can prove that it was rigged, but it's hard to prove that he won because you don't even know which ballots are legitimate. Probably the ones for Trump are legitimate, but you know what I mean? To be an absolutely fair system, it would, it would necessitate redoing the election, at least in these counties. All right, folks, uh, but that's not it. This next part's a, not saying a little confusing, but you need to pay attention. I don't think you need to understand statistics and what have you to fully uh, appreciate this. But let me just remind you, outlier means when you're looking at statistics, an outlier is something that doesn't fit the normal pattern. They are things that are anomalies when you're looking at a set of data, a set of statistics, or, or what have you. So just in case you forgot that, I don't want to insult anyone's intelligence. Just wanted to give you that reminder so you can better appreciate, if you didn't remember, this next segment about the meter collected data that supposedly shows that everything was on the up and up in the elections in Georgia in 2020, except when you look at said outliers. And now it's your turn, Bob. Um, 
But nevertheless, the MITRE Corporation's National Election Security Lab conducted a statewide ballot harvesting analysis for the November elections across Georgia's 159 counties, didn't they? So uh, I just have to back up and show this to everybody. This is the 10-page document. And this is the letter that went to the United States Congress. And I spoke to probably over a dozen senators in the Georgia Congress, and guess how many of them knew this letter went out? Zero. Speaker Ralston did know it went out. But some of them did reference the MITRE report. I want the MITRE report. And, and we had spoke about the MITRE report, and I really didn't know what it was when I first read about it. But I thought, you know, it, it's data analysis of election transparency, and there's nothing better than election transparency. But when you start looking at this report, the first paragraph it talks about in there about ballot harvesting, it says there's been no ballot harvesting in Georgia because no major network has said there was. That settles it. Now that is some brilliant analysis. Now what they do though is they do do a lot of statistics in the front end and they, they, they make it look like this great statistical analysis. And then I ran across what some friends, well I don't want to say friends, what a, a group of scientists put together. So this is the analysis that Miter put together that said, you know, if you look at Mel mailed-in ballots versus mailed-in ballot request, the relationship should remain the same. And if the relationship is different, you'll see an, an outlier on this line. Well, what they didn't look at as this group that did a critique on it is, what is this way out here? And then what this group did, because they do have a statistician on the group, is they took that same data and just rotated it on the axis. And if you can look, son of a gun, what's way out here? Fulton, Gwinnett, uh, DeKalb, Cobb. So when you look at the MITRE data and you actually analyze it for what's there, guess what? It shows four outliers and two of those outliers do indicate that there's enough data that would have overturned the election. All right, folks, once again, that was the great group over at Voter GA with Garland Favorito discussing a list of 42 items that they presented rebutting Georgia's uh, Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger's 10-page document to Georgia's legislature. And I just showed you some of the rebuttals that they did showing that Brad Raffensperger, as I said in the past, starting in... December of 2020 and January of 2021, which uh, almost got me kicked off out of YouTube, is that Brad Raffensperger was part of the operation to steal the elections in Georgia. He is a Democrat in drag. He is a Democrat operative acting like a Republican and running as a Republican. And that is one of the terrible ways that the Republican Party has been infiltrated by actual Democrat operatives running and pretending to be Republicans to win and then do the bidding of George Soros, the elitist, the globalist, and the Democrat Marxist machine. All right, folks, now I want to get into, I want to end with this. This was a great uh, segment put up the other day by the New American. 
in which uh, Alex Newman, one of their senior editors, uh, interviews uh, a doctor, okay? Uh, and this doctor is uh, uh, Bill Lionberger about the process and the method, the money-making method at the hospital that's killing people and driving up the COVID cases for money. Now, we all know this is happening, but I, I like how uh, Bill Lionberger breaks it down from the very from the very beginning when people enter in to the hospital with some other illness and how they go down the COVID path to death. If you're not aware of this, after watching this, you're probably not going to want to go to a hospital even for a little hangnail. And if you do, make sure you don't have COVID before you go. We have a very special treat for you. Dr. Bill Lionberger. He's the founder of, Guard of Guardians of Humanities Children. He's also one of the original America's frontline doctors, and he's a police officer. It's an incredible combination. And we just had a, a nice long chat. He knows so much. Uh, doctor, I want to start with what's going on in the hospitals. I mean, these people are going in, they're getting positive COVID tests, and then they're coming out in body bags. Walk us through what's happening. So basically, we have a rapid test, as you know, that is not accurate. It can't tell the difference with a flu and what they call COVID, SARS-CoV-2. So that's one of the first things that happens. The hospitals are being paid to give you that test, and they wanna to try to get you started with that pathway, that COVID pathway, by taking that test when you go in. So if you go in for a, a knee problem, the first thing they're gonna do is test you for COVID. And then heaven forbid, even if you have no symptoms, that you test positive for COVID because these tests can't even properly identify a cold, a flu from COVID. So now they got you on the COVID track, and that can lead to your death. Well, let's talk about remdesivir is one that uh, has gotten a lot of attention. It looks like the studies show it's uh, likely to shut down your organs. They had to actually stop one of the trials. And yet the federal government's incentivizing doctors to put people on remdesivir. What do you think is going on? Well, actually, they're given an electronic um, uh, treatment protocol. And in that electronic treatment protocol, remdesivir and dexamethasone are both at two of the primary treatments. The reality is that Remdesivir failed its second trial. Uh, it was the worst of the four drugs in that trial. It was killing uh, people at a rate of over 50% in that trial. And the, the FDA then took it off and said, you can't use this for what you're doing. And this was brought in with Dr. Fauci behind the scenes um, as a mainline treatment. And um, that became the treatment and that's what the doctors rely on. They're actually not even using their own common sense about what to do with patients and other therapeutics that might be helpful. Instead, they're following this electronic mandated protocol, which is a, is a financial pathway for the hospital and everybody involved. Absolutely disgusting that the Hippocratic Oath is not being upheld in the name of the almighty dollar. Now, folks, now all these people are wicked, evil and liars and vile. Many of these people have have been whistleblowers or they're just afraid of losing their job. I'm not saying that it excuses them, but sometimes they're just going with, hey, this is just what administration is telling me and they justify in their minds going along with this. But this is all about money. Of course, if you pay enough people money, and of course our taxpayer money is incentivizing these people to do this, they will go along with it. And when they think no one else is speaking out, they just go along with the okie doke, much to the detriment of Americans. And unfortunately, this is happening worldwide. This really is a globalist plot to destroy people. I know it sounds tinfoil hat. I know some people think this is ridiculous. But how many evidences do you have to see of absolute evil 
and people in government, in medicine, in the media, all saying the same thing, which are absolute lies before you you overcome that cognitive dissonance in your mind and absolutely accept the fact that this is some sort of conspiracy collusion plot scheme with multiple actors colluding together. Whatever words, whatever verbs make you feel comfortable with the reality that there is a nefarious plot going on and we are the victims and targets of that said plot, plan, and or conspiracy. And, and so you argue that they uh, should and must be held responsible, even though that's what the hospital is giving them for a protocol, huh? Well, when you knowingly do a thing that causes harm, and believe me, we have whistleblowers and nurses and PAs and, and doctors that have worked inside this system, people that I work with, and when they, they say I, he was fine that, that day, he was coming off oxygen, and then the doctor ordered remdesivir, and he was crashing within a, a day, and then he went on to a ventilator and died within three days, okay? So you tell me what's creating the problem. The problem is this mandated way to treat where the doctors are taken out of that and the incentive is on money. It's not on, on, on taking care of patients. We personally know, I want to say quite a few people, but several people between Mrs. BCP and myself, of people that went in, had COVID, weren't dying, but they were you know, very serious in their illness, enough for them to go to the hospital, and they ended up on ventilators and dying. They're not following health protocols. They're following a set of orders by Fauci and the other genocidists and murderers leading to this. This is just absolutely, I would say, mind-boggling, unbelievable, all these other things that I often say. This is not new, but the more you contemplate it, really, really, the more unbelievable it seems and it becomes. And that is why a lot of people just reject this. It's the normalcy bias. Most of us haven't seen in our life just such rampant, vile, evil wickedness where people being murdered and killed and denied treatment and given poisons called vaccines in mass to kill people. A lot of people just can't handle that in their mind, so they just dismiss it or they don't want to think about it. But we can't afford to do that, folks, because all evil needs to triumph is for good men to do nothing, say nothing, and not sound the alarm. And luckily, we've got a lot of great people uh, like the doctor here and like many people, uh, Garland Favorito, many people that I've showed you in just this episode alone, getting the truth out. So what do you think the agenda is? I mean, these, these instructions are coming down from the federal government. What do you think they're up to and how do we stop it? Well, we have to do our best to educate the families and people that once upon a time, we used to think that the hospitals were the most safe place to be, the place that cared about your health, etc. Now, it's the table is turned. In the hospital, probably the most dangerous pathway you can be on is when you go in and someone says you've got COVID and you feel fine. Because if they launch you on that pathway and they intimidate you to be on that pathway and they begin to separate you from your family on that pathway, it can be to your detriment and can kill you. Now, raise your hand if you want to go to the hospital if you have COVID. I don't see very many if any, hands up. Of course, I'm being ridiculous because I'm recording this and it's not in front of you folks live. Thanks for being here, folks. Have a great weekend. And we will be back on Monday with a new episode. Once again, we appreciate your subscription that makes this show possible. 
please share this uh, with someone, show them the program, show them our YouTube channel and let them know, hey, Black Sword of Patriot, BCP is on YouTube. He's doing this reporting. It's a, it's a family operation, but the meat and the potatoes of this thing, of the news that he can't report on YouTube is here. Show them an episode on one of your devices, on your computer, and invite them to join the BCP family as well. Until the next one, ciao, goodbye, God bless, and have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And to our Inner Circle members, uh, look in your email. We are having a virtual hangout meetup this weekend. All the details will be in your email, and we'll probably post it here for everyone to see as well. But be aware of that. It's happening on Saturday. Gotta give us what we want. Uh, gotta give us what we need.